Podcast. I'm Scott. So good to uh, have you join me today. Um, today we're kind of doing a kind of a film for thought, but it's not really a film. I'm actually going to be talking about some themes that I was um, struggling with, themes that really popped out to me when I was uh, doing a playthrough of The Last of Us Part Two. Now, for those of you who don't know what The Last of Us Part Two is, it is a uh, PlayStation game uh, for the PlayStation Floor uh, Four um, that is produced by Naughty Dog. Uh, they're the same company that has done um, that has done the Jackson Daxstar series. They've also done um, they've done Crash Bandicoot, I believe. I think that's correct. And then they also did um, Uncharted. Um, so, um, you know, great. Anytime they put something out, they do put out great games. Uh, Sony's good at like having um, companies that make great games for their systems. And again, The Last of Us Part Two is no exception. It's an absolutely wonderful game. It's, I mean, from the gameplay to just the story to the emotions it's able to pull out of you. Um, it's a wonderful game. Um, so. Um, just to kind of talk a little bit about the game and kind of talk a little about some of the themes. Now, hopefully you've paid attention to the disclaimer uh, that I put on uh, the beginning of this podcast because here's where I'm going to start going. And I'm definitely going to be uh, spoiling some uh, key plot points in this game, uh, Some also some other things in the game. So if you're still playing the game and you haven't progressed very far or... If you are thinking about playing the game, do yourself a favor. Don't listen to this podcast um, or this episode. Please listen to me. Just don't listen to this episode. Uh, but, you know, make sure. Um, but if you don't really care, then feel free to listen. So to kind of really get us into the story and kind of the themes. Uh, first, I want to kind of briefly talk about uh, Last of Us, the first the first game for the PlayStation 3 and then the remastered was on PS4. So in the first game, the world's kind of gone to heck. It's like a total wasteland. Uh, you have these people who are being infected, um, and they're kind of transforming into like these fungi-type monsters. And they have names like bloaters, um, runners, clickers, etc. But throughout the game, even though you are experiencing these kind of infected monsters one of the things that's kind of even more prevalent in the first game is that who is the true monsters and a lot of times the true monsters are people because uh, even throughout the first game you see that um throughout the first game you see that there is a um You'll run into groups of people who want to try to harm you, that want to uh, kill you. And mainly, some of them are just because they're pure evil. Some of it, they're doing it because it's survival. Because um, supplies are scarce. and you know, Or they may think that you are infected, so they want to hurt you. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons on why there's violence, why there's hostility. Even in our world today, we see that as human beings, we can be unkind to other human beings based on a plethora of reasons. Um, so throughout this journey, we see Joel, who's the uh, main protagonist, and he befriends a young girl named Ellie. 
And the goal of the first game was for him to kind of travel all the way to travel all the way over to the other side of the United States to find a group called the Fireflies because what we know about Ellie is Ellie had been bitten by an infected, but she is not turning, which basically means that there's something within her bloodline or something within her blood that prevents her from being turned into one of these monsters, which basically means that she may have the cure to kind of help change the world, to help fix everything, an antidote for the infected or people who do get bit that they won't turn. So so that's kind of like the premise. Let's get Ellie across the United States in this wasteland of America so that she can get better. And that's kind of where kind of where the game gets left off um, in the first game. However, when we get to the second game, you realize that Joel finds out, or actually towards the end of the first game, Joel finds out that in order for all of humanity to be saved, that they're going to have to kill Ellie. They're going to have to strip everything out, her blood, everything. They're going to have to strip it all out. And because of that, you know, she's going to, She's basically going to give up her entire life. Well, now, second game, we kind of see kind of the consequences of Joel's actions, which was to rescue Ellie and to make sure that she lives. So that's kind of where The Last of Us Part Two tick, uh, picks up. And the main thing we see in here is because of Joel's decision to save Ellie, that there were a group of people who are called wolves who went and found Joel, and tortured him, killed him right there in front of Ellie in front of his brother Tommy because of that choice, which, again, Ellie had, at least from at this point in the game, Ellie has no clue about what had happened. Eventually, you know, through backstories and flashbacks, you'll find out that she did know earlier. So that was the reason why they came and killed her, or, I'm sorry, killed Joel. So then, when we think about, so I want to stop there, because really the big question that comes to my mind is, what is good? What is good? You know, I hear people talk a lot about, well, I'm good, or I'm a good person. But when we look at the scriptures, when we look at the Bible, that teaches something different. You know, the Bible, I mean, even when we think about, um, I think it's in Proverbs where it says the human heart, the human heart is wicked. Who can all, who can understand it? So when we think about the connection of heart, even when we think about that term heart in scriptures, we see a lot of times where the heart's corrupt, the heart's evil, the heart's hard. And even in Ezekiel, you know, I will trade your heart of stone for a heart of flesh. So, uh, so when we think about what is good, is there anything that is truly good in humanity? Are we capable of doing good things? Yeah. But are we good? And then if we are good, then why is it that we also make bad choices? Because, I mean, if we think about Joel and his situation and his ethical dilemma, you know, he didn't want Ellie to die, you know, especially. Especially to, if we, when we look at the first uh, game, I mean, Joel lost his family to the infected. 
and not necessarily to an infected. He lost he lost it actually to human beings being cruel because they thought they were infected. So he lost everyone. So Ellie became a daughter to him. So now having someone who's kind of a who's kind of a daughter figure to you, and you find out that she's going to die, and you've had this journey, and you build a relationship with her. I mean, that's a hard place to be in. You know, would, if it was you, you know, again, if it's like, if it was you, and I mean, that's a point that got brought up, because when they're through flashbacks, when, um, and the Abby's uh, father, who was a doctor, who was the one who was going to perform the surgery on Ellie, you know, there was somebody, Marina, asked him, you know, if this was Abby, if this was your daughter who had the cure, would you do the same thing? And it seemed like that he hesitated on even trying to answer that question because he's kind of, in a way, glad he doesn't have to make that choice, you know, to give up somebody and, you know, kill them so that there can be a cure for the rest of humanity. And I think that's kind of a a hard place to put in. It's a very ethical place to put in. Uh, but then, you know, you think in a way, like Joel's making a good choice of saving, in some way from Joel's mind, he's thinking, I'm making a good choice to save Abby, and if there's oppositions, I'm going to do it, which basically, you know, he ends up killing Abby's father to rescue Ellie, which then, which then that's kind of propelling Abby to go find Joel and to kill him because you killed my father. And you cause this, and you continue to cause this whole mess of a world we live in because of your selfishness. So even though Joel thought he was making a good choice, it was really a selfish choice. And when we think about a selfish choice, sometimes usually those are bad choices. So then, the other aspect when you're dealing with this idea of good and bad, a lot of times that's what usually leads to trauma. I mean, when we think about soldiers who are on the battlefield, you know, they are doing good by helping protect, you know, helping to be out there to help protect America or protect other citizens that they're serving overseas, you know, making sure they're protecting citizens from um, dictator regimes. Um, But then, of course, there's war. So here you are, you're doing good, but then you are experiencing the bad and the horrors of war. And sometimes you're doing things that, you know, you're taking lives and you're struggling eternally on, should I have took that life? Well, yeah, because they were coming after me. But then when it's a a child with a gun coming after you, when it's a woman with a, with a explosives tied around her body, those are some difficult, hard moral choices that, Soldiers have to be quick in making those hard decisions. And of course, from that, they usually pay the price. They pay the price with their bodies. They pay the price with their souls. They pay the price with their mentality. And that's the thing we, we continue to see is because of the trauma. And not necessarily because, again, Ellie's going to go and find the people responsible for killing Joel. And she finally does get to the point where she confronts Abby. And not only that, but then you see a switch in the story where now you're controlling Abby and you're now looking at perspectives from Abby's perspective. You're going through her flashbacks now. And you're kind of seeing her side of the story, which is very interesting in a in a game. 
Because now here you, you, you're made to believe that this person's evil, that this person's bad, and that your goal is, is as playing the protagonist Ellie, I'm now going to go and kill the person who killed my loved one. And now you're playing the person who, for the first part of the game, you thought was evil. And now you're looking at her story and you're just like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, she's not bad. I mean, she too suffered. Her dad's dead. She's struggling with relationships. She's, you know, she was helping some scars and trying to help them. So really, and even she, her herself is saying, I'm not a good person. It's, there's other, and there's a... I can't think of the girl's name right now, but there's Sony said, Oh no, well, I think you're a little bit, I think you are good. You just don't know it yet. And it's just like, wow. And then finally you get to a point where Abby and Ellie have that confrontation and Abby ends up letting Ellie go. And now Ellie's having a life, has a family, but yet she is still suffering from the images and the trauma of Joel's death. And now she has to make a choice, kind of the same choice Joel has to make. Do I stay here with my family and have sleepless nights and continue to deal with this trauma? Or do I go and try to find Abby and take her life? At some point she does find out where she is. And then again, Ellie makes the choice to go and find Abby. And especially when we get to the end of the game, we see that when she gets back, after all the events that happen, which I won't spoil kind of that part, but when she gets back, um, basically she finds out she doesn't have anything to return to. Her son's gone. Her wife is gone. Her partner's gone. All because of selfishness, and that's kind of what we see and it really struggles with this idea of good and bad and when you're in that flux of good and bad and you're always trying to make these good moral or at least you think you're trying to make good moral connections it weighs heavily on our minds it weighs heavily on our soul and that's how we begin to get trauma and even and even in this world in this gameplay you know especially when you find out that one of her friends or her partner when they, you first find out that she's pregnant you know, should we even be raising a child up in this world where there's monsters, both infected and people who want to harm and hurt you because you're not like them? Or they misunderstand you thinking you're the enemy and you're not, you're just a regular citizen. So when I think about those themes and I think about a game like, what is good? And I think, you know, when we always think about good and what it means to be good, you know, for me as a counselor, for me as a minister, for me, the case is always clear that being good is loving your neighbor. And sometimes loving your neighbor is uh, sometimes can be difficult, whether your neighbor's a jerk or whether, like in the case of Joel, you know, loving your neighbor may be giving up something you love for the better of humanity. I mean, and I think that's hard, and I think that's very hard to do. I mean, I I try to imagine, you know, how did Abraham feel when he was first told to sacrifice Isaac? 
I don't think that was easy. But he was faithful, and because of his faithfulness, we see that God was able to spare Isaac and was able to provide a Passover lamb. And even and even in that thing, and just to kind of show the faithfulness of Abraham, is that when Isaac asked Abraham, well, Father, we have the wood, we have the fire, but where's the lamb? And Abraham's response is, well, God will provide the lamb. Now, I don't think Abraham was lying. And here's why, because if God had promised Abraham and Sarah that their descendants would be the one that would be as numerous as the stars. Well, Abraham and Sarah are of old age. We have seen that many times that they're beyond childbirthing years. They finally have a son. And at some point, in Abraham's mind, he goes, well, this is a promise that God has made. And if God makes a promise, he is always going to keep his promise, even though I don't understand all the complexities that are happening in the world today. And in some cases, maybe he thought, well, maybe maybe there will be a lamb or a sheep that God would say, okay, here it is. Or maybe he would sacrifice his son, but at some point, Abraham might say, well, this is the one you promised me, so at some point, I have to get Isaac back. And at least what some what some um, people may say is that you know that's kind of almost a first instance of resurrection in some ways, you know the idea that you know that there is restoration in tragedy. And I think when we think about how do we have restoration in tragedies, and maybe to quote an elevation worship song, how do we get, how do we transform our emptiness? How do we transform our graves into gardens? Um, you know, it's about living out the will of Jesus Christ. It's about being kingdom people that love God and love neighbor. And I think that's kind of the thing within this series of The Last of Us is, you know, things are so deserted. And there was a great conversation uh, between Ellie and I'm going to forget the, oh, I can't remember her name, Ellie's partner. Oh, I can't think of it right now. Oh, that stinks. I should have wrote it down, but, you know, they're in a synagogue, and her partner was talking about, you know, her faith and her brother always being in in the synagogue, and they were talking about religion, and I think that's very interesting, you know, that, you know, about all the stuff that's happening in their world and how does religion play in that, and I think a lot of times is where we see that play out is even if you may not see a supernatural existence of God in your current circumstances, you definitely will see God through the kindness of others loving one another. And I think, and, you know, and I think that's kind of key that that's what we need to do as followers of Christ, as people, as kingdom people, we need to love God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we need to love our neighbor as ourself. And when we are doing that and we're doing that correctly, and that's when people can have hope. That's when we can start to differentiate what's good and what's bad. That's how we're able to heal trauma in the name of Jesus when we are being kind to one another. And especially, you know, especially kind of dealing with trauma. I mean, you know, we kind of see in The Last of Us with war and fighting and monsters and a lot of scary things and being in those situations, uh, witnessing the death of loved ones. But when we think about other trauma that people deal with, you know, sometimes people are dealing with trauma because of abuse. 
people are dealing with trauma because of um, broken homes. Uh, people build. Sometimes people are dealing with trauma and they don't know why because some of the trauma that they may have experienced may have been when they were younger where they don't really have good cognitive stability to remember the tragedy that had befallen them. So when we look at those, so that's why we see a lot of mental illness and disorders, you know, a lot of that, that comes from trauma, at least at some point. And it doesn't have to be like a big, gigantic trauma, like being in war and having PTSD, but it can just be, you know, something very simple of your house catching on fire and something that your grandmother who passed away that you had a great relationship with, like the one thing she gave you, which would be a rocking chair burned in a fire and that can cause trauma. You know, reading case studies, you see that sometimes little things like books or dolls, when they get taken away or when they get lost and, and just the way how the parents handle that when a kid's upset that they have lost something, something that they have a, an attachment to a connection to that, that can lead to trauma. And it's 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 it's, it's mind blowing how much you know, how much just evilness and selfishness and even just being unaware of people's hurts, how that can cause trauma, whether you're months old or you're a hundred years old. So, again, those are some of my. Th- theological thoughts on the last of us part two that's the gospel according to the last of us part two Uh, so hopefully you've enjoyed this message if you i know i usually do film for thoughts and kind of talk a little bit about that but if you've been enjoying these conversations about um kind of religious or psychological themes in video games please let me know i know geez almost 13 years ago i did one on um castlevania lord of shadows um long time ago i still have the video so maybe i'll throw that back up and kind of have you guys watch that. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching. Hope you like, share, and subscribe this podcast. Um, Share it with a friend if you think that this is something that may be interesting. Again, I would love to hear from you. You can message me, whether in the comment section, both on on a podcast page. You can message me on YouTube if you're watching this on YouTube. Or you can kind of message me through my website, thescottstedman.com. All right, guys, I hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.